0: well what's up friends and welcome to the deconstruction zone we're back we're rolling things are moving along and we're here to talk a little bit more about emily so (laughs)
1: it's what we've always been here to do
0: (laughs) no you said you had something for us to talk about today on a serious note, so...
1: Yeah, we to just call me out.
0: What are That's we talking about it. today? So,
1: okay, interesting. This isn't necessarily deconstruction-y, but it's kind of fascinating. Okay. Um. So I went and saw... So my siblings were in the musical... Were in the musical Joseph and the Amazing Titan Color Dreamcoat. Oh, yeah. Have we seen this musical? Mm-mm. It's very good. It's about Joseph, the Bible story. Mm. And I was processing with some of my friends, and I was like... I was always taught about that story that Joseph was kind of the asshole, and that because if you don't know the story, yeah, he was like his his he was his dad's favorite because he was his dad's favorite wife's first son. It's like that'll do it, you know. Saying
0: that these days,
1: <laughs> <laughs> my dad's favorite <laughs> wife's first son. <laughs> Make that into a t shirt, <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, so the dad like totally favored him, and then Joseph would like go to his other brothers and be like bt dubs i just had a dream that basically i would just be way better than you in the future and you would bow down to me and they were just like you suck and then he kept like he also kept like ratting them out to his dad and they were like seriously like you are not on our team and so then they're like we should kill him <laughs> and instead of killing him ruben the oldest brother is like hey guys how about we just throw him into this pit and they that were kind. like you know what? That's I actually think there's like totally a theme that you can trace throughout Scripture of like an older brother and Reuben. Like even though, I think there was there was that was still a mercy, but we don't have to get into that. Yeah. Anyway, so and then they were like, we should sell him into slavery, um, to the Ishmaelites. So my sister, btw, played one of the Ishmaelites, and it was very funny.
0: Oh, and the one in just watching this,
1: watching the show. That's awesome. Yeah, it was super fun. Anyway, and so they sell him into slavery. All that to say, a lot of stuff happens, but he ends up kind of – he ends up on top. in the end, Genesis 50 says, like, what you intended – he Joseph says to his brothers, what you intended for evil, God intended for good. Spoiler alert. But I always was like, well, he kind of had a bad life because he was kind of a dick. Like, he just kind of was like, I'm better than everybody. Yeah. And that's how I always, like, heard that story pretty much is, like, the takeaway was, like, yeah, God can use bad things for good. But also, like – don't be like that like don't be a jerk like joseph was sure is that how you took it is that how you heard no i'm actually not asking you yet i need to finish my thought
0: <laughs> good keep going
1: and so <laughs> and but i was talking to my friend and he and he said no i was taught that joseph was like specially anointed and was like the most chosen by god and he was the one like living into who god had told him to be and persecution happens when you like live into who god wants you to be and so, like, that's just two very different perspectives of the same story. Of one, it's, like, don't be like Joseph. And one is, like, we're all Joseph and we're all better than everybody. And yeah. just, like, you need to engage with God. So how did you hear it growing up?
0: Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if you know, so I preached on this story, like, two weeks ago at the well. And it, <laughs> it was wasn't about that. how he was an a-hole. <laughs> um, it was generally about, like, how God has a plan for us and, like, uh and I do think it's funny, like, Reuben, like, showing mercy, it's, like, essentially, though, he's, like, we just don't want his blood on our hands. So if we put him in here, like, he'll probably die. Like, he just didn't want to be the one to kill him, like, which I think is also interesting. But um interesting. They, yeah, I think the story is interesting because it's one that's about someone who has a clear vision. Like, I, this could be because I'm an eight on the Enneagram, though. Like, I hear his and see his visions, and it's, like, this guy has a clear and articulatable call of what God has on his life, wow. and it comes across as arrogant because no one wants to be told that they're not in charge. And he doesn't ever surrender his vision while he's in the pit or he's in jail and becomes like number two to what's the guy's name? Who's he? Potiphar. Yeah, Potiphar is like a helper, like number two only to him to Pharaoh, right? Yeah. And so that was kind of where I took it, but I remember like remember hearing it growing up. It was like you in the pit cling to like the vision you have not like you're the jerk in the story because you think everyone else is going to bow down to you
1: but i think that's so indicative to how i was raised theologically yeah is that it's like if you have any sense of pride or any sense of like self
0: yeah importance or whatever
1: confidence then you are the jerk and everything's your fault
0: yeah, I, if I was a Calvinist, which I'm not, I think I would read it. Not I would read it the same as I read it because it's like God preordained a plan for me that is like where I'm going. Like that, I see him having to cling and trust to the plan God has.
1: But they always told us to not, if we feel like that's God's plan for us, to not tell anybody. Yeah, <laughs> because it's just rude.
0: But I think that's like more <laughs> a like that's a bad theological like take away from a story to try to just tell your congregation to not like rise up and revolt.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh.
0: Like, because his story, like him telling his brothers though, like a bad move in this, like it's, if I I have older siblings and to be like, Hey, I'm going to rule over you someday. They don't take it well. Right. And so like, he probably could have more tact, but it never, like his calling never like, he's a called and anointed person in that story. But it's his interaction with others might be problematic, maybe. Okay. But it's like his
1: But that's not the point of the story.
0: For me, it's not the the point of the story is like hanging on through like a lot of adversity. Yeah.
1: No, I think that's probably not the point, but I honestly wasn't really challenged in that until earlier this week.
0: And I also won't say that what I say is the point of the point. That's just how I if have, Danny
1: says it, that settles it.
0: Put that on the shirt.
1: <laughs> you get it for Annie. <laughs> sweet kind of dark sweet sweet birthday (laughs) happy birthday babe um sorry annie we love you um fan of the show fan of the show what no i was gonna say something but i forgot it well i
0: think i i don't know what you're gonna say but i do think that's an interesting an interesting thought experiment for anyone like wrestling with scripture like i mean we're both sitting here we have different upbringings different stories mm-hmm. different things that got us to this place baggage things that are good about life faith how we read scripture and we could look at the same story and i think that's what's really interesting is like we're all often never speaking the Absolutely. same language um, not you and i but though. i think it's we're true with us sometimes too language. but we often take for granted like when i tell a story when i preach it right mm. like i'm like oh this makes sense slam dunk this is where we're at and someone could have a completely different and whether it's challenging or they're like this is all BS I do think it's interesting like we walk in and I think at the core it's like a good reminder to be like remember when you go into any conversation with someone about life faith or whatever like we're probably not all all holding the exact same cards in front of us yeah and like we see the situations differently
1: back to the story so do you not feel bad for the brothers at all
0: I don't well I don't know what I'd feel bad for them about
1: because they're not their dad's favorite Oh, I that think that sucks.
0: I think there's a lot of that in the Old Testament of like favoritism. I think that's one of the weirdest parts of it. Like, I, like oh, this is my, my favorite son. You get my blessing. You're. It's so arbitrary and odd to me. And so I kind of just like I don't engage with that part of things a lot. Like the the hierarchical favoritism structure, or like firstborn, whatever.
1: But I think if you don't engage in that dynamic, because I think a lot of more fundamentalist churches take that dynamic and bring it into how they see how they otherize people today like there's the blessing goes to one person there's actually a pretty interesting point that i just made
0: (laughs) (laughs) i think it undoes the value of it if you're the one that has to say it's interesting Uh,
1: joseph moment of me am i right (laughs) i'm gonna rule up for you guys
0: um yeah I, I don't what know what I'm saying. I do hear you saying, I think that and I probably like not engage is the wrong word, but I think it's culturally relevant, not like a forever thing. and so, but all of scriptures like that. like we have to read culture into it and understand how people perceive things. but, but to your question, I do not feel bad for the like okay, but that's because I dominate <laughs> over my siblings. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just think if if my mom got one of my brothers a r- rainbow coat. I would be like what the heck? I don't think I would throw him in a pit or sell him to slavery, but yeah. I'd be hurt. And but... I feel like no one talks about that.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Um I They're don't know. just
1: the villains. And I don't think it's that easy. But I, what I'm saying is that I think that I think yes, like what you're saying, that's a cultural thing in the in the Old Testament, but we've we've said fundamentalists say like, you know what, culture doesn't matter. God's word is living and active and it just says what it says. And that's truth. And I do think for a lot of years, I thought of God as this guy who like picks some people and doesn't pick other people.
0: Well, yeah, of course. It's Calvinism at the core, right?
1: Right. But it's also like Ishmael and Isaac and Jacob and Esau. Like like what you're saying about how that's a very common trend is God picks some and not others. But so like what do you do with – you, I don't think that you see God like that. Yeah,
0: I mean, no, how do was, you redeem that? You just yeah. say it's cultural. Yeah, I was trying to make a joke, but there were too many problematic things to like then have to unpack after saying it. So I was like, Danny, leave the Shut jokes to Emily, pastor, uh,
1: <laughs> pastor, comedian, pastor, <laughs> comedian.
0: Um, so what do I do with that problem? I mean, I think you have to engage and what? look at the whole picture. Like, there's again, it doesn't matter what you like you could pick a million things there's problematic things across so whether it's firstborns misogyny like genocide uh like things that we don't seem culturally appropriate anymore right things paul says and like all all these sorts of things right so i like i just think you have to and it's like i actually think calvinists would say this too but i think you have to use scripture as a resource to help you understand the overall character of God. And you can never get that through one singular story. Like you have to like look at the whole book.
1: Ooh. Oh yeah. I think Calvinists would say that too, but I think they would, they live that out a lot differently.
0: Yeah, maybe that's probably true. But I think one of the things that I find to be true about people that fall into my theological camp, but probably in every single theological camp is, and I fall into this trap more times than I want to. It's like we can pull out the things we like that are nice and then start to create our framework of who God is and what God believes and all that just out of the things that are nice and neat and clean. Or on the other side, pull out the things we don't like and be like, this is why we don't like this. And I do think from start to finish, the whole story is a lot more revealing of God's character and more redemptive than like any singular like bummer of a moment. Or... Like just the resurrection. Like I think if you just read the resurrection, the crucifixion resurrection story with no context, that's a weird story to read with none of the Old Testament or New Testament up to that point or the New Testament after. Like I think you need the whole book to create a whole story.
1: Yeah, I'm having like a deep theological moment in my brain. Mm. But just that like Share it with all those stories it's just not it's not it's still in the crock pot, but I'll I'll share what I can. The brain crock pot. Mm-hmm. um <laughs> like all those stories though is it's god like showing quote preferential treatment towards the one who wouldn't naturally get it and i think of how like even when you talk about like the inclusivity of god or of jesus and how like he was looking for the people that weren't naturally included and brought brought them in so maybe the point isn't that god like chooses some people and not others but it's that god pursues those who are less likely to be chosen in the first place
0: yeah, I think that is.
1: That's a lot more redeemable than he just picks favorites.
0: Yeah, and arbitrarily picks favorites, right? I think that would be a bummer. Um,
1: right, because I mean, I think it'd be weird to say if you were like, all the gay people in my congregation are my favorites. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like you, but you also, you don't often say like all the straight people are welcome because that's not necessary. Mm-hmm. You go yeah. out of your way to sh- make sure everyone feels included, and that means, like, specifically pursuing the people who aren't always included.
0: Yeah, and I'll say, like, Jacob's family, the siblings often feel excluded just by virtue of someone else being told they're included. And like, that's, like, a human thing I think we have to, like, yeah. work out is – and I have this happen within our own congregation. People being like, well, you don't talk about this group enough or you don't talk about that enough. And, and I think that's a fair critique, but the other thing to wrestle with is, like, why – do you think that talking about someone else's inclusion has anything to do with your inclusion? Like, so also this is a little bit of a, in the crock pot of the idea as well. So I'm going to see if this is fully cooked by the time I spit it out of my face hole. But um I am thinking about like, as we read scripture, right? Like as we dive into things, like if you wrote down like your family story and like your whole life story, right? Mm. Um, of your family, of your life, of all the things, and someone else read it, and you weren't there to tell them was what was important, what everyone else would decide is important. Mm. And I think that's a really interesting thing. Is like we look at these things of like, well, the firstborn's this, or like this thing happened, or like we have kind of determined what we think is important. And so, like as we're talking about these things, like are those actually the key themes of the story? Or are they things that like we've been taught to be the key themes? Um, so I just think about that because like, you were saying that like like we double down on a lot of things Mm -hmm. like well paul didn't say this so he must have meant that it's like well just like omission of something doesn't necessarily mean something or to say this one time in like one letter like this is eternal for everyone it's like i just think it's really interesting we're like people thousands of years later reading someone's letters and we're like this is what they meant but Mm -hmm. we like weren't in the room when they wrote it and i think that's and the holy spirit is supposed to guide and shape and be a part of all that and i believe that to be true but i think oftentimes we let our own like guidance and bias get in the way of that which i think is interesting
1: yeah like that there's also the collaborative work that we just did whereas like we came to the same story two very different ways yeah and worked together to find some common ground not necessarily i don't I, I didn't necessarily go in thinking i was right i just like that idea or that perspective had never been challenged and so i was like wrestling with it all that to say though like we came in and we were like oh these are our two different points and we like found some sort of consensus
0: yeah Yeah, and I think that's often, like, we often don't always come in thinking we're right, but we're like, why would I be wrong? Which is not the same as thinking we're right. We're like, why would I be wrong? And I think...
1: Or why would I take the time to engage being challenged? It's easier.
0: Yeah, which is why I was actually just thinking this, is like, we haven't done this kind of conversation on the podcast in a while, and I enjoy this kind of stuff, because it's, like, it's not only for us, I think it's fun, because we both... we're nerds. We're nerds, and we enjoy this. But I think, again, it goes back to a core point of why we even started this, like, modeling had to have like conversation like and not we're not arguing or fighting but like we both had different not opposing but very different vantage points and to be like hey how do you actually engage with someone in that it was fun
1: yeah that was really fun
0: um well how are you in general like what's going are there any check-ins life updates anything going on for us as we're like diving into your story deconstruction I mean, related
1: deconstruction related yeah. um i've been like the past three weeks i've gone to church every week which is pretty okay. wild that's cool different places um but it's been good it's just been very like we go and then um yeah like we go and then we like talk about the sermon afterward and it's just very it's just like a really sweet nice like i like that thing to process and
0: have you been going is it been a different place the last you said three weeks
1: yeah just because it was kind of like because the well's been like online it was kind of like i know that we were still you were still doing it but yeah we took that as like a time to see other places yeah
0: well you went to that's not what i was asking but uh <laughs> it wasn't like a, a why are you at the well question um but you so you did the universalist or unitarian church
1: two different uu churches okay and then we went to the gathering oh Aussie. cool yeah which i'd never been
0: which one did you go to the McCausland, nice it
1: was
0: cool cool um
1: like, I went to a gathering birthday party. So I felt like I was like I was in a little bit, you know. So I was like, What's up, everybody? Everyone knows me. Did you know
0: Maddie's birthday? birthday? Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> also, someone I went with our friend Sadie who you've seen on the podcast and she was like, This is Emily, half of the deconstruction zone. And this guy who I'd never met was like, That's a big deal. And I was like, I, is it that big of a deal? And he was like, It is a big deal. And I was like, No. Oh. Do you know who well, it was? His name is Tyler. Oh yeah, Tyler Curtis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, Oh, we're a big deal. Well, yeah, that's fine. So shout out to you, Tyler, if you're listening.
0: So that's cool. (laughs) It made me feel like a celebrity. I didn't know if Tyler listened. That's good. So here was my question about like where you went. So two different UU churches and then The Gathering, uh, which is a UU church. No, just kidding.
1: Um,
0: Um, UMC. UMC church. What were there common themes or things that you found like life-giving about each of them, even if like they presented differently? Like as you walked away, you said you talked about the sermon. You said said something defective, like it was good for your spirit. Like what – about each of them or shared things was, like, compelling about them?
1: I need to share one story. Sure. That I'm not going to say the name of the church. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I probably shouldn't share this, but I'm too far in now.
0: So you went to four churches? No, I went to three. Oh, so this is one of the three. This is one of the three. Okay.
1: And we were just, like, sitting there, you know, and she was, like, in, like, mid-sermon, the pastor was, like, and, you know, like, all of us have recently experienced you know, someone embezzling forty thousand dollars for our money. And that was just like like casually part of the sermon. And we were just like, What? Because we were like the only two new people there and everyone was just like, Yeah, that's pretty rough. And we're
0: getting snaps for that and you're like, What's going on? <laughs> just... right?
1: So that was kinda of wild. But in general, um, common themes I'm not sure there were common themes, but it has been cool, like I'm trying to think. It's just been cool to be able to like have it just a space. That creates conversation. All three of those have been, and so like we've we've gone to church and then like gone out to lunch afterward, and it just creates conversation about yeah. the sermon, and also is just like generally encouraging, and also like helps that life. But one thing that one of the UU churches said that I've loved and I've been thinking about is just the pastor said, "You don't have to believe alike to love alike," hmm. and I just think that that's just so beautiful, and I've just been processing through. Even, like, our own podcast and just – I was, like, kind of working on new merch today. And yeah. I was, like, thinking about that line because I was, like, I think that's one of the points of
0: – Yeah, what was the one you made, like, you don't – we don't have to agree to still like each other. You made, like, a, a shirt that said something it like – It just says, we can still be friends. We can still be friends, yeah. Because
1: I think that's important.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I do think it's an interesting part of just, like, humanity at this point. It's, mm-hmm. like, if you're not in, you're out. If you're not with me, you're against me type thing. Yeah. And I think trying to figure out, like, how we can have it, like, we can still be friends and disagree. I was just talking to someone today, another pastor, about how there are people at the well who are fully inclusive LGBTQ people and then some that aren't. Mm-hmm. We have Democrats and Republicans. We have people on this side of this issue and that side of the other issue. And I think people have really embraced the mantra that, like, your seat at the table can't cost someone else a seat at the table. like and really embrace that. Yeah. But I'm realizing... And not to pat us on the back, but, like, how rare that is in some spaces Mm, because mm. it's, like, I say that and, like, well, how did – like, the person I talked to today, they were, like, how did you get them to stick around? And I was, like, well, the answer is I don't really know. Right. But I think, like, I think we all have a deep desire to feel included and actually include more people than we give other people credit for. Mm. But oftentimes I think we can become really tribal and be, like, we're out on our own thing. Yeah. uh, But that's weird. So I won't ever mention money embezzlement in a sermon going back to that so. it was
1: just so like nonchalant
0: as if like everyone had experienced
1: and it. we were just like all right cool <laughs> and pretty much everyone had experienced it
0: so something uh, another follow-up question then to like the three churches yeah. different ones like something totally i comedy. find interesting like this just popped in my mind like if i wasn't a pastor i i would just think like would i go to a different church every sunday so like i'm getting different perspectives and have you liked that
1: great great cause so so i've been going with I don't know. I've been going with my my new boyfriend. So, whoop, whoop. yep, I know. Um, can you believe it? But <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Dustin's freaking out. <laughs> but um, <laughs> anyway, so that's who I've been going with. And we actually had that conversation is because we were, like, pulling into the gathering. And he was like, I'm kind of liking this. Like, they were, like, seeing different vibes. I was like, I think it's a really cool thing to do for a month. But I think that okay. it's not. I was like, you're missing forever. out on the all of the community aspects of it. You're going in to me. It feels like when you go to a different church every week. This may be harsh, but to me, it feels like you're going in as a consumer and mm-hmm. you're just like getting what you need and then leaving, and you're not engaging in the community. Right. And to me, church is so, churches like that aspect plus the fellowship in the community. And so, like to me, you. I'm just a believer that, like, you go to a church and you, like, stick with it and you are, like, invested in it. To me, like, that's why.
0: So you do, like, the different ones every week, but you're, like, you are starting to feel the itch to, like, if you're going to go to be more consistent or that's what he said.
1: I thought it. No, I'm. I think we should be more, like, consistently one place. I think it's. I think sometimes church hopping for, like, a month or if you're, like, looking for a place is helpful. I think both of us had kind of been out of church for a while, and so to kind of re-enter in, it was kind of a nice like easing into it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know, just like seeing different things, but yeah, it's, and
0: like different traditions too. Like the, I think that is something we don't often get afforded the opportunity to do. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: So, and I, and I, can, I go sorry, ahead, yeah.
1: And I just have never done the church hopping thing before because I'm just I'm a very all in person. Like I just like. Like I tried the well, and then I was like, "Boom! I'm all in." Like you know, like like that's very much just like how I live my life, and I don't really apologize for that. But yeah. like, but it I've never done the just like, oh yeah, we're just like checking it out. Like I'm like there, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. Like you would leave a place if you didn't vibe on it, but like once you feel connected, you're like, I want to be there.
1: Yeah, like I'm there, and I'm 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 all in, and I'm here to serve and help. And that's even why, like, kind of when I started. The really, like, rough patch of my deconstruction is right when I had taken the Wells membership class. Mm -hmm. And I remember it was interesting because I I told you, I was, like, honestly, like, I don't feel comfortable becoming a member partly because I do take really seriously what church membership means. Yeah. And I don't want to, like, become a member and then be, like. Peace. Peace or, like, I'm not going to do anything. And so. I don't know. It's something that I just feel still very strongly about and we like kind of disagreed. Like it was fine, but I was just like, no, I don't think you can do this forever. Mm. Like that you can, I don't think you can do it forever.
0: Yeah. I still have your well membership gift sitting in my bookshelf ready to give to you. You're holding it hostage when, until we, I
1: become a Christian again.
0: Whenever you want it. You've <laughs> you've never taken it. Next time you come over, I'll you give your it house. to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forgot it that I had it. But it is that you were like within five feet of it when really? you were hanging out Yeah. <laughs> um so, last question that I have regarding this, like, I'm, and this is just purely observational, but it seems like you're moving closer to like engaging more regularly within Christian community. That doesn't mean yeah. anything to say about your thoughts, beliefs, deconstruction, uh-huh. but is that a true assessment? And if it is or isn't, either how did you get there or where are you in that kind of Great process? Great question.
1: I think I had started to feel that itch again a little bit in a sense that you know i said from the beginning like i or not from the beginning but when i kind of left i was like i just need a break mm-hmm. and i always like i i said that i was a, that it was a break and it just felt i remember i was talking to some friends and i remember being like i think i could like enter a church space like i've taken enough of a breather that i think i could enter a church space and not feel like triggered mm-hmm. and i think that that so I I mean, that's, that's not like at. really deep, but that I'm at the place of like I want to re-engage and I'm in also again, just like having through some things in my personal life, I have a lot more like time and emotional energy. Yeah. And so like having that margin again, mm-hmm. like I've said in the past, to be able to engage again has been really helpful of just like, yeah, like I have the space in my brain to to like enter in and to do this. Yeah. And it's just I've just felt a lot more comfortable and a lot less weary. And so I wouldn't say I'm like, I know exactly what I think now, but engaging hasn't been exhausting, which has been good.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. Like if people were gonna quantify like or like create like a stair step of like a deconstructionist journey, right? Like you're at a place where it sounds like it's like you're not even you haven't reconstructed or built a belief system necessarily fully. Mm-hmm. But you're just like I'm at the place where to be in church again doesn't trigger me, <laughs> which is a big step right. for a lot of people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. and
1: not, and not everyone's there and sometimes it takes oh. longer for like I was talking to my therapist and he was like yeah it takes like it took me like 40 years and so it's oh, like dang. yeah like it can be yeah. to it can change mm-hmm. for whoever but yeah it is what it is
0: I'm loving this episode so far this has been my favorite <laughs> we've recorded in a long time
1: yeah I this feel like fun. um it feels like old times old times <laughs> Aw.
0: um not
1: that I haven't enjoyed the other ones but I guess you haven't
0: no, I for sure haven't. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> well, I did
1: last episode. I was like, that's shitty to whatever you said. So it's kind of intense.
0: Um, you did say that.
1: Um, I rewatched that and I was like, "Whoo, Emily, you just kind of <laughs> came guns blazing.
0: <laughs> it was great. I went back and re-listened to it. I thought it was fun. Um, yeah. It was a good conversation. I actually thought it was in the next episode. So I went looking for it and I was like, maybe I dreamed that. <laughs> I found it in the other one. So. Nice. Um, well, is there anything else just kind of regarding like you, like that's like, 'Cause again, like people are interested not just in your journey in deconstruction, but I think people see you as maybe a mirror or reflection or like something of themselves where they're in it. And so is there just anything else about like where you're at, check in wise to share with anyone that may be interested?
1: I mean, it's May, so I'm just trying to like get through the school year <laughs> as a teacher. Um honestly I feel like that's kind of it. I do feel like I'm in a interesting season of like kind of refiguring out what my life looks like. Yeah. And is this it's going to be your really first summer sweet. full-time
0: teaching. This is your yes. first break. So it's like, that's but another I'm doing thing. summer school. Oh yeah, yeah. But through June, right?
1: Yeah. So July.
0: Yeah. Well, I just like, that's thinking of like seasons and phases of life too. It's like, this is a different season. Like you're exiting your first, first year full-time post-grad work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then about to have your first legit summer,
1: which is just a beautiful thought.
0: Yeah. So I can imagine you feel like both in a literal and metaphorical sense, like you're starting to like be more free and have more like freedom to fill things up that you want to do.
1: It's exactly how I feel, and it's been very like refreshing and rejuvenating, which has been so. I'm in like I would say I'm in like a generally pretty positive season. It's just one that I don't have a lot of like. This is exactly what it's what's going on.
0: Yeah, can you believe that we're getting close to our 52nd? That's a episode, wild Our thing. year anniversary.
1: Is this episode 46?
0: Um, I think that's about right. Right now, there's a little bit of discrepancy into what uh, I get sent and what we think we're recording, and then what gets posted. But so we're, we
1: should just stop saying that.
0: We should probably not say what they are. I'll get a good <laughs> shot. But we're somewhere in the in the 40, mid. I
1: mean, we're in like the high forties. I think
0: this will be forty-seven. So I broke my own rule. Just but don't I think say this it. Will be yeah. So. All right, so one of the things we had talked about before recording was uh, we want to keep doing kind of our our email corner.
1: Um, Email corner.
0: I do love your commitment to the consistency of it. It's been the same tune every time. Yeah, you haven't changed it, and I love that. Um, but we you have one. The Lord your
1: God never changed.
0: (laughs) What's what's our (laughs) lightning? What's our note for today? (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, this guy, sorry, just quick blasphemy before we begin. Um, this guy- Do you need Patrick, no. Okay. Um, he uh, sent this message, and one thing that he was referencing is when we had talked about being lukewarm and kind of the idea of like the difference between lukewarm and gray. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one thing he said, basically he said, uh, can the gray be the chair? Which you might be like, Patrick, what, what do you mean, mean by that? Yeah. But what I think he means is like, is there some- Can the gray ever provide enough clarity and consistency that it can be a foundation? And I think that's a fascinating question. And honestly, I kind of want to throw that question on you Mm. because from afar, not to answer for you, it seems like you have kind of found a rhythm or a way of making sitting in the gray somewhat still like a foundation.
0: Yeah. So to answer the question, I think that you can find foundation in there. I think it's way more freeing than people think. It appears exhausting and frustrating. And, like, it's this, like, anarchy and wasteland of everything goes. I have not experienced it that way. But I do know that people sometimes perceive my thoughts and theologies that way, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, don't, I find a lot of stability in it. Um, but I will say there are times, and we've talked about this before, I long for the perceived stability of like hardcore conservatism sometimes. Yeah. Like it's just, um, and this is, I don't think this is being, I don't think this is going to cause anyone to like have any, any stumbles or anything, but there's sometimes I ask like, am I wrong? Like I right. wonder that all the time. Like if like, am I wrong on this? But those are questions. I, I ask myself that about it pretty much everything all the time. Yeah. Like I try to hold things loosely but I have not found those questions to be detractors, but actually create, like, much more stability as I wrestle mm-hmm. with things like that. And But uh, there are certain things that aren't great. Like, I think Jesus lived, died on a cross, and was resurrected and is the son of God, right? So there's certain things that are not great for me. But I think a lot of the extra stuff we built around it, much like, as, like I said, we're reading the story and we're saying what's important or not important. I'm just letting all that stuff be mm. secondary to, like, Jesus is the most important for me.
1: I think that makes sense.
0: So and I think I didn't read the the whole uh the message so you might have a little more thought on it and, but I like part of what I know a lot of people wrestle with is not just like the the tension that's found in the gray area mm. but how other people perceive it as Ooh. a lack of faith for them like they're like oh you've just like you've abandoned the truth and progressives do this too when people abandon that and go more like they think the center is gray
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so like you can go either way and piss people off as you sit in the gray but i think Mm. sometimes the perception of the outsider is what can be the most daunting part of it and i think that's why starting to figure out like what are like if you're using the chair analogy like what are the legs that hold it up and what are the things that are do you have non-negotiables is anything non-negotiable is it all up for grabs i think those are the things you have to wrestle with as you sit in the gray area and i think to turn the question for you like you've been in gray mm-hmm. right and so and and you've had less of a experience in it maybe than i have cuz you went from like hardcore black and white to then in the last year and a half two years of yeah. gray so how have you, have you experienced it to be a stable a stable place I, like like what has it been like for you and and maybe how did you experience it in the beginning middle and now not to oh, say this wow, is the end but beginning right. middle and now
1: yeah it's such a good question and i think I mean, one, I want to say like what you said about other people's perception, I think is just so real and makes it, it's hard to not jumble that with your own experience Mm -hmm. of the gray, because you could be like, I'm figuring it out. And someone could be like, you're going to hell. And then you're like, oh no, (laughs) like got to figure this out. And so I do think that can play a really big role. And so I just, I just want to name that because I, I would assume there are a lot of listeners that maybe are trying to live in the gray and there are people in their life being like, then I guess you're a fake Christian. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, and also before you can like, I think you have to also when you articulate the grade of people, it has to come across more black and white. If that makes sense, but that's
1: sense. it's sometimes hard to articulate,
0: right? Well, that, I was just thinking about like our initial one of our earliest interactions when your pastoral friend had was bummed out about your me preaching, y- you preaching, and reached out to me. Like we had this whole thing. And, like, trying to explain my perspective to someone that found no value in my perspective Mm. was an exercise in futility, right? (sighs) (laughs) There was no point. But you want to do that because we have an innate desire to justify ourselves and feel heard and known. Mm. And at least for me, maybe, I felt like the most demoralizing part of it was I felt like I was just cut out from having any validity what i said and so my voice didn't matter and so i think for you and what you're saying like i think that's where a lot of people feel the frustration it's like i'm not even given a chance to defend myself and if i do like i'm just it's kind of like out of pity and no one really believes anything i'm really saying you know
1: Uh, yes and it i mean it is like but also i will say i think for me personally and this might I feel like you are a better articulator of the gray than me per se, especially because I don't know where I land right now. But like I found a lot of validity in being able to very clearly articulate the black and white. Like I was mm-hmm. like, this is what it is. I'm nailing it. I can say it exactly how you want me to say it. Like, boom. And so to not be able to do that, like, some, like someone asked me the other day, ugh, I'm forgetting, some question about my theology and I was like, I was like honestly I'm not going to like exegesis with you right now mm. because I just don't want to and I don't think it would be helpful but I will talk to you about my experience and why this is important to me. Yeah. And I get that maybe you think that's not as valuable but I was like that's what we're going to do. And so yeah. It's just tricky. I think I think the gray I think the gray can be stable when you're not like exploring it as much. Uh, Like I feel like there's a way, there is a way to make the gray into a chair, as Patrick said, and be like, this is where I'm landing. But when you're still kind of like waiting in it, it kind of feels like paint. Like there's like the it still is kind of it kind of just looks like a black and white swirl right now, Mm -hmm. and you're kind of just trying to see like, do I need a little more black? Do I need a little more white? Sure. Versus like, has it become a coherent color? Yeah. We're really sticking with this analogy, but like. To me, I would say I didn't really answer your beginning, middle, and end question, but I would just say because it's hard to articulate, it sometimes feels less valid, and yeah. that can be tricky. But I do think it's possible for it to be a home.
0: Yeah, and I do think for people like you and me that we have different, just like the the Joseph story at the beginning, we come at it from different ways. Mm-hmm. Like I think you're very cerebral, and I just hate to be told I'm wrong, uh, and so I think like when people don't. <laughs> show us validity like you probably feel like you're being told you're not good enough smart enough whatever and i just have an innate desire being like oh like i want to challenge why you think i'm wrong and mm-hmm. i think that's like we all have and it's interesting to explore that like what triggers the frustration in us yeah like there are times where people say something and i agree with them but they say it in such a way where i'm like screw this person i'm going to disagree with them and i've like learned that about myself it's, like, mm-hmm. i have to do a better job and so even in my own faith life i've had to be like Am I just trying to like be the smartest, the whatever is person in the room, or do I just need to like let this thing lie fallow and like just leave it alone? And I think there's a million different versions of that in deconstruction where it's like, why do I feel this way? Why is it hitting me this way? And like how is the healthiest way not for the other person to receive me, but for me to respond Because mm. um, even though like my natural desires are certain things, they're not always the healthiest and that was another thing that like I've had to really explore. But I'm in a season of a lot of introspection right now about healthy and unhealthy things in my life. So Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Um, in the interest of time, go to recommendations. Or do you have any more to say? About no, I was going to say,
0: like, if, I think we can land that plane. And let's and go into the...
1: Do do, do 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 Recommendation zone. Yeah. This, but there this should be a different song there. So, what's
0: your, what do you have any recommend, anything you're reading, consuming, thinking about?
1: So, I feel a little bit bad, but I'm going to follow up on something that I already said in my recommendation. Double recommendation. Because I, I said in the last episode, I think, like I said, like I just started this and now I'm fin- I finished it. And so I just want to be like, whoa. Uh, Rabbit, which is Miss Pat's autobiography. I finished it yesterday and it's just, I mean, it is powerful and emotional and funny and just heart-wrenching and i just honestly couldn't recommend it enough okay and also i will say um what i'm trying to think what we watched on movie monday that i can recommend mm. um oh well we watched palm springs on movie monday and that's, that's one of good. my favorite movies ever so is that the one with uh andy sandberg yeah yeah i just it's like a groundhog day that's kind of existential and fun i like and so i just much. really love it so those would be my recommendations
0: I love that. Um, Mine, uh, which I want to get your thought on because I text both of you guys what you thought about Baby J and no one (gasps) responded. But mine is Baby J by John Mulaney.
1: So Um, you liked it.
0: I loved it. As someone that's currently like wrestling with thoughts on substances and Mm. whatnot and how I respond to them, I found it very relatable, funny, and authentic. And so I really, I dug it. I thought it was like, I thought he was funnier than he's ever been. And he, because I actually don't really like. I find him like a little too frenetic.
1: Okay, and so you probably I, loved that.
0: Yeah, I was like, oh, like I can see like you're not doing cocaine anymore. Like <laughs> <laughs> he has a
1: joke where he's like, yeah. and I was like, hey everybody, and he's like, I wonder why that was. Yeah. But um, so I, I'm sorry I didn't mean to mean it
0: So I loved. It. I thought it was great. It was really really funny. And, but I thought it was like, even the way it opened, I thought was really interesting of like him, like just going into his life and then being like the title sequence hits and then mm-hmm. it's comedy. And I thought it was great.
1: I thought that was cool. So I, the I knew I was going to have a busy day on April 25th when it came out. I'm a big John Mulaney fan. Okay. And I knew I had a busy evening. And so I woke up at 4.30 a.m. <laughs> to watch it and I thought it was fine, but I also was like falling asleep during it. So I feel like I need to give it another yeah. chance at not 4.30 a.m. Yeah. Because I was like, was this the best choice for the special in me? But, I I mean, I did really enjoy it, and I did agree. It was more, it was a little less, yeah. Um, and I also loved how it opened, and the material was really good. I think I just was very sleepy.
0: Yeah, I dug it, and there's not a lot. Of, I remember you liked uh, Nick Kroll's special, and there's not a lot that I like watch, and I'm like, I want to go tell a bunch of people about it. And that's what I was like, I really loved. It was one of the best I've seen in a while so
1: that's how i felt about the nick curl special yeah all right yeah do you have any other recommendations same for another day okay put it in your pocket all right um well with that being said thanks for listening and embrace the journey